Welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Before we begin tonight's show, I have two quick things to bring to your attention. Number one, we are getting very close to that monumental historic event, the big collapse that we've been talking about. So please, if you haven't made any preparations, please do so now. Get a couple ounces of silver, just have some storable food, anything you need. I have been researching other podcasts and other shows about metaphysics and seeing if they are talking about the collapse. To my dismay, none of them are talking about it. But I assure you that when it does happen, we're going to see all these people come out and say, Oh, we were predicting it. We called it. We were telling you about it. No, they are not. They were not doing it. We were. We were telling you about this. And I'm not doing this to brag. I'm doing this because I I want you to get through this. And, uh, so please just take any precaution you can. This is the largest event in human history. Number two is... Does anyone here know who Kalki is? Kalki the Destroyer? Because I, I've been getting this really strange, I don't know, intuitive feeling that this being, whatever, is trying to communicate with me. I kept on hearing the name. And I don't know why. I don't know if it wants to have a cup of coffee with me, but apparently it's called, I was hearing this voice, Kalki, Kalki, Kalki. And it's called Kalki the Destroyer, which is this uh, Hindu guy that, that apparently is the destroyer of worlds. So, it wants to hang out with me, I guess. I don't know. So if you happen to know who that being is, please let me know. It's, it's rather unusual. <laughs> our featured guest this evening on the Outer Limits of Inner Truth is a dear friend of our show. She is somebody who has a very genuine and authentic way of communicating with people who have crossed over. And I believe that when she sits down and she talks to you, she's speaking right from the heart. And there's no showbiz aspect about who she is she's just telling you directly how it is and i feel that she's got a very warm heart so let us begin tonight's program welcome back to the program is one of our most beloved guests miss karen reese she's a psychic medium she has actually done consultations for over ten thousand individuals you may have seen her on biography channel lifetime tlc a and a discovery channel She's done all the major TV networks, and she has her own show. You learn more about Miss Reese by going to her website at Karen Reese, and that's K-A-R-Y-N Reese dot com. Miss Reese, welcome back to the program. Thank you for being with us. Oh, thank you, and thank all your deaf people that are here joining us as we speak. As oh, always, you're the right. popular man on the other side and this side, right? <laughs> we've got oh, awesome. I'm glad we've got uh, some. Dead people, because you know what it is? I'm revising the numbers for the show to present to advertisers, and I'd like to – do you have an idea how many people <laughs> who are dead listen to our show? That uh, I heard half a million. Awesome. Easily. Awesome. Yep. Well, that's good. Hey, you're a popular guy. Yeah, keep up the good work. Make no bones about it there. Just saying, Ryan. Well, <laughs> They're all laughing. Uh, that's pretty cool. So I guess when I'm dead, I'll finally be popular. Because right now I'm outcast. <laughs> <laughs> Mysteries. And the readings that you are doing recently, are there any particular Mm -hmm. messages from people that are dead that are conveying recently? Is there any kind of noteworthy trend that people who are dead are relating to people who are alive? Anything changed in the last couple of years? You know what? Um, It's kind of interesting because, you know, I talk to dead people and, and all sorts of people and live people and my psychic stuff I see into the future. And, you know, it's kind of funny because, um, there's so much turmoil going on. Everybody's picking spots and all this, you know, everybody's puffing up their chest. And, 
you know, and I've always said, you know, take the best, leave the rest. And I was just talking to somebody the other day and, you know, some of those issues came up, you know, political things like that. And essentially, you know, that's what the message is from the other side. You know, always like take the best, leave the rest. Things can be adjusted. And I tell people nothing's ever, you know, people get these ideas, things are going to go in one way. I'm like, you always have free will. We can always address it. And the other side, you know, we'll try to encourage you to do that. You know, take the best, leave the rest, you know, look, you know, on the brighter side, you can always make changes. Um, you know, even though people seem to think that, you know, there's good and bad. I mean, right now the stock market's doing really good. As a former stockbroker, I think that's fantastic. You know, jobs are moving along, you know, bills are some good things, but then we see some other unrest areas that, you know, we don't necessarily need to have. The other thing too, I have to say that, um, I was talking to a grandfather, actually mine, on uh, my mom's side, um, and I was very close to him. And my mom's side are the psychics, both grandparents and the whole family. And they were once all good Catholics. But um, he said, you know, the thing is that people lose sight of really what the values and ethics are because people allow their egos to get in their way. And if we continue to go down this, this road, which to some extent we're going to be doing, you know, we're not going to be getting the most out of life that we could get. So we're basically shortchanging ourselves, you know. So we need to maybe re-examine what's important to us and what's not. You know, you're here for a short period of time. Earth is just a, a learning house. And, you know, we want to get A's instead of D's. Does well, that make any sense? It does make a lot of sense. Way. <laughs> you know, and the spirits that you communicate with, those that are here, mm-hmm. are they particularly here and staying around because they haven't gone through the light to go through their, their full life review? There are a lot of spirits that hang around here that um, maybe you've seen for a number of years that still are not ready to go through and face the consequences of the life that they previously lived. Or do you have spirits that are around that still retain their human persona, but at the same time, there's another piece of them that's already projecting into another lifetime? Can you? And that's like, that'll lead to another question too. I mean, because I, I, I want to ask you, I don't forget it. Can you actually have a person that you're communicating with who's dead from one lifetime, who's actually physically alive in the waking reality we have today? No, that's a great question. And you know what's even weirder? Just before you started asking me that question. I started picking up like one person with, that's alive and yet they had a spirit stop. I was getting it psychically just before you asked it. Um, but no, there's one spirit or, you know, one spirit that can inhabit the body, which, you know, that's how you and I are and everybody else here. And when we die, um, your spirit's either in the physical or in the spiritual world. You're never in two places at once. Um, now, consciously, you can... Um, Project your consciousness. It's almost like your consciousness turns on a radio wave, whether you're in spirit form or human form, but it's not like you would have two bodies. Although my name is Reese's Pieces, just saying that could be a possibility, yeah. but um, that you can't have like two different bodies. Your mind can project, and I think that's where the confusion gets, but you can't have two like beings of yourself, you know, in two different locations, whether it's a spiritual realm or a physical realm. You know, you're one person, one place, one time. And as far as people... You know, a lot of times, you know, most people when they die, they're going to be shown, you know, either a white light or a dark light, you know, door number one, door number two. And most people will go to the other side. They'll get their life review, but they'll always come back. In fact, I just had a conversation with a producer this morning, and we were talking about a near-death experience that he had had. And he was talking about when he had had this experience, his mother, who had been gone for like 10 years, came and she said, this is how it works. When you're, you know, when it's your time, these are the people that will meet you and greet you and take you to the other side, which I've personally seen. I know when my 
grandmother was getting ready to pass, my grandfather showed up on a Saturday and he said, hey, Karen, I'm taking grandma Monday between one and four. And I said, well, that's good, you know, because those banana onion sandwiches suck because he was an Irish Canadian and my grandmother was Italian. And I thought, oh, good, Graham can make you some good, you know, whatever. And then the next day, my aunt shows up and my grandmother's like, hey, do you tell your father I'm not ready to go, you know? And my aunt, you know, we were laughing because my grandfather was coming to get her. So usually when you leave your physical, when you release or you die, you'll immediately go one way or the other. Uh, if you go south, you don't get a life review typically. You know, you oh, can go to hell. Uh, go to hell. So is there, is there really heaven and hell? I mean, do you, do you really just mm-hmm. go to a, a place internally uh, for eternity based on the actions that you've done? Or is that just a means of you expressing yourself and you going to that place for as long as you feel you need to be punished? Uh, that's a great thing. You know what? It is a actual physical location. There's different levels of heavens. The higher you go, the more nicer it gets, you know, location, 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 like in real estate. Likewise, with, um, you know, lower level planes, you know, the lower you go, eventually the worse it gets. And as a kid, I used to travel out on my body all the time. I still do that, but I would go to places like the lowest hell. And I'll never forget Jeez. there was always this angel. Yeah, I was always curious. I was that as a kid about everything, though. And I remember there's always this – um the nicest gentleman, he's some kind of an archangel, never got his name, would see him all the time. He was African-American, but he was older. He had dark hair with, you know, specks of white in it. And he always would guard this one door, and the door would open up. It looked like a big, like, industrial-sized building. And the doors would open, and I'd see, like, these demons, you know, and fire and all this crazy stuff. And he used to say, oh, no, honey, you can't go in there. So, you know, I couldn't go in there, and they couldn't get out. And it was really, I could see his face to this day. And he's like the nicest, he's like a grandfather type. And so What was um, this guy doing in hell? Did you ask him, hey, by the way, how did you get there, Mr. <laughs> nice Man who happens to be in hell? Did you happen to eat a few children? I'm, right. sure, you're not, I'm sure you're not down here because, you know, you're disappointing me. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just a guard on duty. But, yeah, it was just interesting. And I'll tell you, when I do mnemonic cleansings, right, People, somebody was just asking me this the other day, you know, aren't you scared? And I said, well, I have a really strong belief in God. You know, I'm not religious, but I have seen Mother Mary and Jesus. And, you know, you can learn everything from different people. Take the best, leave the rest. You don't have to belong to one belief system or the other. You know, take the best, leave the rest, right? Whether it's religion, politics, school, whatever, baking, I don't care. Take the best, leave the rest. And, um, you know, and it, and it was just funny, but I usually start getting attacked, you know, like the night before, you know, like I'll start, you know, in my dream state in one instance, there's a bad um, cleansing that I was doing and I found myself falling, free floating on my back. And as I'm looking, I'm going on my back, there's caverns and caves on each side and I'm seeing demons and the lower I'm going, the more demonic these energies are getting. And meanwhile, I'm looking up at this beautiful blue sky and falling and falling. I'm like, oh, they really want to pull me in because it was a really bad thing that was going on. And all of a sudden I said, I throw myself in God's way, like, bing, I was back up on top looking down. So, you know, over on the cliff side. So, you know, I always tell people, you know, God created, you know, everything and everybody. And, you know, you just pull out the God card and, you know, you're all set. You don't have to worry about demons. That is something that people don't realize. They think, you know, that they need a priest or a psychic medium, um, you know, somebody to come in and cleanse. And I'm like, no, no. You know, sometimes you do, but generally speaking, if you lay the, you know, law down, if you really believe in God and, you know, hold your ground, you can usually get rid of whatever's going on. And I've seen some pretty bad stuff. I, I want to ask you some questions about the hell, but isn't, if God is all things, then isn't the hell and demonic entities a part of God? 
are they not are they separate do they exist outside the the realm of God which is encompassing all things well the best way to describe I mean God created these things giving them free will so they do have a God part in them but they choose to go negative instead of looking on the God part of them which would be all loving so it's a choice that these creatures and demons have made and yes they do have God because God has created everything. It's just their choice of using the God energies in a negative way. Excellent. Well, I mean, it's just mm -hmm. one of the, the reasons for doing it. And as far as your explorations down these places, these hellish realms, do you sense that these hellacious realms are originate in human consciousness, that all evil is based on human nature and that this evilness, this darkness, does not reside anywhere outside the species, which is human. No, I, unfortunately, I think that you can find that yin-yang, that darkness, anywhere. And I believe that it actually originated before humans became a being. So I feel that, my, from my experience, my understanding, that you know, evil has been around a lot longer than mankind. And it tries to influence. And people that tend to have that bad seed to begin with, or they just like to look for trouble, they'll gravitate towards it. You know, like water seeks its own level, as they say. So humans will make that choice to go to that negative energy. All right. Now, if a person is open-minded and they're seeking knowledge and information in all different forms, what are the likelihood that they can be deceived by a dark being? I mean, can dark beings prey upon you because they're seeking certain wisdom and knowledge and that um, they can give you the illusion that you're seeking wisdom when the reality is that they could be pulling you to a different place? Is there any way you can tell if the information is authentic or if it has an underlying dark tone to it? That is a great question because a lot of people will even ask me, you know, questions such as, you know, if you play, um, you know, with, if you read a book on, say, Satan, are you going to all of a sudden, you know, be somehow manipulated from Satan? And I'm like, you know, your core being will give you that answer. You'll just have that gut feeling. You'll know. And there's always a chance that, yeah, you might get lured in. You might start to feel, okay, this is the greatest thing since life spread. But at some level, you know, your godliness will wake you up or your, you know, um, belief in a, a better, you know, way of living and expressing yourself that will pull you back. Or at some point, if you believe strong enough in God, you'll come to understand that you're being, you know, manipulated. So, yes, it can happen. Um, it tends to happen to people that they're open, but they don't really believe in God, but yet they're kind of open and curious. And it's kind of funny when you get people like that, too, because they're not being believers in God, but yet they're interested in, you know, the occult or dabbling into something or, you know, maybe they're going to open up a deck of tarot cards or they're going to get a talking board up, but they don't do it, you know, they don't open it up properly. I don't think in God, but I think I'll play with the Ouija board. Oh, well, that's, you know, now people like that, um, you know, they put themselves in a, you know, pretty precarious position because you don't know what you're bringing in. You know, and they start playing with it, and these aren't always games either. So, but typically speaking, if you have a strong belief in God like I do, like you do, you know, not that you're a religious crazy person. Um, you don't have to be that either because I've seen religious people that are evil, as we all have. But if you really put your faith in God, you're usually protected. Or you'll start to see the signs because God will say, okay, you know, this isn't working. I have to let you know this, that I, I actually don't have a, a faith in God. I, I don't like God. 
Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you what it is. I, 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 um, <laughs> well, don't play with the Ouija board then. But if you do, no, I'm, I'm not going to do the Ouija board. I don't, I'm not a fan of the demonic, freaky creatures. I don't want that. But I also like don't want to, you know, heed or kneel before a yeah, uh, being that I think is, quite frankly, doing an awful job. I, I loved hearing um, one of our when we did the, the death show. I love the idea. I feel it true. I bring to me that we're all part of an we're all imaginary creatures of a creation of a being called Source, if you want to call it that, God. But um, I don't like I, I can't I, I can't find it hard to kneel before a, a quote unquote supreme being. So as far as faith in God goes, I don't know. Maybe it's just different perception. I don't like the human uh, perception of God, but I, I feel like. The idea that we're all part of one being is something that just settles a little bit better with me. So I guess I'm calling that with the clarity. Well, it's definitely where my belief system is. We're all big. And I don't believe in the kneeling thing at all. That's not at all. And it's funny because I've yelled at God many of times. But because um, I don't look at God like the way most people are trying to look at God. So, you know, but I know that there's this light energy that obviously has a creative mode to it. Um, like I said, I'm not at all religious. You, I'm, not, I'm not kneeling. I think that's just, you know, it's not my cup of tea. It's too man-made. And, you know, and from my own experiences, I've had an ear death, you know, and I've seen different things and, you know, my day-to-day. So I'm not like your, nor- you know, normals. I, I guess I'd say I'm more of a spiritualist. You know, there's a life force energy that created us and has an amazing consciousness. And I've yelled at God at how crappy things are. In fact, I have said to God, I go, you know, the world's really getting really Bad these days, you know, you've got people hurting animals, and that in and of itself bothers me big time. You know, you don't hurt animals, and I'm always yelling at God and Aunt, why don't you blow these people up that harm animals and hurt kids and what have you. But that's a whole other thing. I feel the same way. You know, Karen, I'm really amazed. <laughs> and of course, I've known you for a number of years. You, I think, a very beautiful sweetheart. You're really out there trying to help people. But in the last couple of years, you experienced a personal tragedy. And I'm wondering, how yes. w- were you able to... Um, begin to heal from that personal tragedy while at the same time being able to, you know, offer love and peace to others who are constantly communicating with you or depending on you for insight and information. I mean, how does that, how does personal tragedies impact you and impact your capability? Does, Does it actually enhance your abilities? Does it force you to go deeper? I mean, when do you take the time to work on yourself and rebuild you while at the same time you know, making sure that you, know, you, you take care of your obligations for people who are coming to you? You know, that's a great question. Um, I've had a strong belief in the afterlife, and I've had a near-death experience. I've gone out of body. So having those experiences um, definitely are beneficial. And obviously my husband who had passed, um, and I knew as a kid I was going to marry somebody um, and that would – he would be quite a bit older. He would pass, and I saw his face, et cetera, all these, you know, different things about him. And I knew, you know, two years prior that he was going to pass a week before Christmas, which is exactly what happened. He had been sick with cancer. Yeah, but he's visited me, and every time he gets out of line, I'm like, get back in your box. I cremated him. I'm like, get back in your box. You know? Get back. So, you know? <laughs> Quit bitching. I am buying jewelry today. I don't really care. Get back in the box, you know? I mean, just, you know, saying – you know, and I think it's because I've had experiences and it's true, you know, and I don't make a big deal. Like when I die, I'm like, you know what, cremate my remains and truly throw me in the garbage. Because I look at my body's like, you know, your hair, you cut your hair off, it goes in the garbage, right? Your spirit moves on. And 
you know, and I've been out of body. And, you know, I look at it this way. Life is cycles. Yes, there are times it sucks when, you know, think it would be nice having a physical presence here. But I also look at the fact that, you know, my husband's in a better place. He was very ill. I will be with him someday. I do see and connect with him. He visits me. You know, my dreams are just bothers me like he did the other day. And so I realized, okay, his work was done. I still have my work left to do. And, you know, so my commitment is to get this, this job that I was placed here to do on earth done and, you know, keep my eyes on the ball and then think of great ways to honor him, you know, my thoughts and, and doing things that are beneficial for him, you know, or let him see, you know, what do you, what do, you know, do? Continue. Well, I mean, you're somebody who has their heightened sensitivity, uh, much higher than most people, and you're able to see and perceive information. So how does the healing process differ for you? compared to the average person who the average person may just be bound by logic and the average person may not even may never come across a ghost well you know this is a funny story i can give you a very interesting the world works in such wonderful ways we're all connected there's so much truth to that there are no such things as coincidences synchronistic yada 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 about two months before my husband passed it was october sound asleep um and in, at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I, my, one of my best friends I hadn't talked to for a while because my husband was really sick and there was a lot going on, and I heard Karen, Karen, and I looked up. I said, Charlie? And I'm like, wait a minute. You've got to be Charlie's brother. And he says, call Annie. You need to call Annie. And I'm like, and I was like half awake. I'd taken a muscle relaxer the night before because I have a little bit of a neck issue. So, you know, it makes you really groggy and tired. I'm like, yeah, okay. So I went back to bed. You know, two hours later, I, I woke up. I'm like, was that Charlie or Charlie's brother? Now, Charlie's brother had had a stroke. 50 years old, had a stroke, but was fine, you know, living through it. Anyways, um, that morning, I'm like, I got to call Annie. Well, I'm getting ready to go into my office at 10 o'clock. All of a sudden, I get this text from my girlfriend, Annie. Charlie died last night. I'm like, no kidding. He had actually woken me up at, you know, 5 in the morning. Well, I bring this up because right now I just had dinner with her last night, and she's struggling with this. And actually, he was actually at her dinner, and that was a whole other thing. And we were sitting in the car when I pulled up to drop her off, and she had the car door wide open. There was no wind, and twice the door slammed. It was hilarious. I said, oh, yeah, and Charlie's here, and he said this, 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 and he's talking about a neighbor named Ralph and some other such as I can't believe you talked about Ralph because I didn't know Ralph, and there was a whole story there. But the point is, she said, Karen, you're – you seem to be able to move on, given the fact that you just lost your husband the same time as me, and she's really struggling with it. And I, and I, you know, told her, well, for me, you know, I know why I'm here. I know what my path is. I try to keep my, you know, mind on the ball. I'm not always perfect. Sure, I miss my husband, but I also know that at some point we're all going to be there. Life is a cycle. And that's why, you know, not getting too, you know, bent out of shape over certain things, it's just not worth it, you know. As I look at my life, I say, is this going to take me closer to where I need to be? You know, is this something worth myself doing? You know, I mean, sometimes we waste our time with people or situations. And I keep thinking, you know, I have certain things that I need to get done for my own spiritual growth and also um, so that I can move to the next plane when I, you know, uh, get to the other side and, and when I come back here. So I look at the, you know, I look at things differently. We're all going to die someday. So while we're here, let's make the most of it. And, um, you know, trying to, you know, maintain that and, and reminding ourselves, you know. Sure, our loved ones go before us, but we'll be there. And since, you know, life continues, I believe in it, I think it makes it easier. You know, for some people that don't believe in the afterlife, sure, that can be very difficult, especially if they lose a loved one and they wonder, they're gone, you know, that's it. I want to come but, back to something we discussed a little earlier about the dark realms and dark places. And if you pick 
a mission to come in here for the purpose of experiencing the dark, knowing that you are from the light and you're coming here to know uh, a lesson about what it's like to be dark, are you necessarily punished at the end of your reality, at the end of your lifetime, knowing that that's exactly what you came in here to do, knowing that you came in here specifically to do that, that you came in here to, to be dark? Oh, yeah, yeah. You would be punished because it was a choice you made. And the whole purpose of us being here is to raise ourselves, you know, to go towards those things that are good. Um, we're all interconnected. You know, when you raise your vibration, it affects all of us. And when you come in with the intention of living a dark life, whether it's hurting somebody verbally, emotionally, or whatever, physically, I'm sure you're going to be punished for that because that's just a dumb choice, <laughs> you know. But people do that, you know. And people like to do that. When you are seeing people, and your people are coming to you, what are they? What are the common things that people are seeking? Are they seeking to make a connection with somebody who's lost, who's really close to them? Are they seeking to gain something within themselves? What do you think is the most common reason why somebody will come to you? You know, I get a vast spectrum. Um, I get people that want to connect with loved ones. Then I get people that want to know about, you know, future relationships or current relationships. Those seem to be the hot ones. I would say money would be maybe like the third one. But because I'm both a psychic and a medium, when I do my readings, I have the benefit of both worlds. And I might say, you know, your grand's here, and she said you just got a new job. Uh, by the way, we like your new boyfriend. His name is, you know, Ted, you know, things along that line, you know, because I get, you know, I see a TV screen and, you know, dead people. But it really, I would have to say the two, greatest reasons people come usually because they want to connect with somebody on the other side or they want to know more about their love life and then their money of course and then health plays into it and then you know other extraneous things like outside relationships um you know and sometimes just people too they just have no direction they want to know their path and one of the things i tell people you know think about the things that you dream about most i could tell you what i see you doing but that's not necessarily going to bring you the happiness because i see you you know, you want to be a singer, yet, you know, you're um, in a bakery baking bread, you know. So go after your dreams. But generally, it's it's usually connecting with loved ones or, you know, about their love life. And sometimes you get some spicy love life, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some stuff I don't want to know. I've seen some stuff, and I'm like, I'm not a shrink. I just report the evidence, oh, you know. Oh, my goodness. Too much information. Yeah, let me tell you, Ryan, I've seen some crazy stuff. So when somebody's oh, yeah. lying to you and they're not being truthful, does there are kind of like give off a little color code saying, no, nope, they're full of crap? Is there like a, you know, a oh, sign? The I have I live. I just had that yesterday. This really cute little girl comes in. She's probably like, I don't know, 25 years old. And um, when I read people, I'll say, okay, at the end, you know, you'll get a chance to ask questions. But in the meantime, write, you know, your top two questions, fold it down on this paper. I don't look at the questions. I usually answer those before I get to the end because I have no control over who, what, or where comes in, right? And But I usually answer that information before we even get to the end. Oh, my God, I wanted to talk about, you know, my current relationship. And then you answered it, and then you look at her question at the end, and that's it. So anyways, I told this young lady, I said, you have a girlfriend, her name is Alex, and um, I said, oh, she loves the, the, the bracelet that you wear a lot, and what else? I said, your nickname, her nickname was Tootie, and just some really strange things, right? And then I said, but you didn't write any questions down, and she said, no, and she goes, I'm wearing this bracelet, so she 
pulled her shirt down, her shirt sleeve rather, and there was this gorgeous bracelet she was fitting. She didn't want me to know that she wanted to connect with Alex. I gave her the nickname that she was called. I gave her the reason why she was called that, and then this young girl's nickname and all this stuff and the name of her mother and all this crazy stuff and how she died. And I said, how come you didn't um, reveal that you wanted to talk to her? You didn't, you know, whatever. She goes, well, I wanted her to prove everything to me that she was here because I asked her to mention the bracelet, her nickname, and all this other stuff. And I'm like, you're kidding me, right? (laughs) You know? I'm like, whatever. I get it, but whatever. You know, I could have gone on another, you know, road if, I don't know, some other, you know, area of her life came in. But I'm like, why do people do that? I get that you might be skeptical. A little bit of that's okay, but, you know, why play games, you know? So. Before I started the radio show, long before I started the radio show, I was a skeptic about the psychics, and I would drive them crazy because they would ask me questions. That I, I just, <laughs> and there was something about it where I, I felt like I, was, I, I enjoyed putting them to the test, but there were a couple that were really strong. And I think the ones that were really strong, they, they knew I was a bit of a jerk, but they, they kind of like loved those <laughs> stories. But the ones I, I drove crazy, I absolutely drove crazy. <laughs> I don't know what it was. It's a You know what it was? The, the ability to drive someone crazy, it's a, uh, it's a natural talent I have. I don't know why I have it, but it's, <laughs> I, I just know I have it. It's incredible. It's, it's weird. It's there. One of the things I remember reading about you, one of your articles, is that you're talking about uh, essential oils and other tools that people can utilize to you know, make themselves more open and raise their frequencies. Any particular oil or... Um, candle that a person mm-hmm. could be burning that would, let's say, increase their capability of being more open to being more receptive to messages. I mean, do these oils have any impact on your ability to, let's say, become, raise your intuition? Well, the oils themselves, what they'll do is they'll relax you or they'll energize you or, you know, like, I love eucalyptus, great for sinuses too and migraines. Um Lavender, vanilla, I love those scents. Sometimes I like the citrusy scents, like some orange, just to, especially if I'm, you know, just getting out of the shower, you know, just to kind of give you that zing. Um, I hate patchouli. Oh, God, I can't stand it. Oh, God, I can't stand it. Oh, I always hear like, oh, it's a high vibration. I'm like, you know what, I'll be low vibration. <laughs> I, don't need, I don't need patchouli. <laughs> to me, it's like hippie smell. And you know, the worst part of it is I was at a restaurant the other day, and this waitress had it on. I swear to God, she bathed in it. I'm really sensitive to scents. I don't wear fragrances. Because I end up getting bad migraines. But anyways, um, but like, you know, calmer scents, they're great because they'll relax your nervous system or whatever, you know, you're looking to do. But like your lavenders, um, vanillas are really nice to get you kind of calm enough to kind of get you into a nice meditation. Um, I'm not a big fan of very strong scents. When I meditate, I don't have any kind of, you know, um, fragrances around me. But um, just in general, you know, having it, you know, around, you know, lighter ways, it's one thing. But if somebody wants an oil, that would be the way to go. I had to say about six months ago, I had an in-depth conversation with my two beloved friends who I host a show with, Jeff Casper, Yona Brendis, and they were saying, hey, you know what? People sometimes are too open. They are opening up their shockers way too much because of that they're getting all kinds mm-hmm. of crap. You need to shut down. You need to shut down and be a little bit more protective, actually a lot more protective of your energy. What are some of the ways that you would recommend people protect and guard their energy? That is a great question. We call people vampires. When you meet up with somebody and say everything is going really well, but you walk away and you're feeling really exhausted, you don't understand why. Well, it's because somebody just sucked your energy. And they may not 
mean to do it, and they may not even be doing it to be psychic about it or in a psychic way, but, you know, you you might be in a good mood, and then you run across somebody, and you're like, oh, I feel like I'm so out of energy, or I'm really miserable, and, you know, now that I spoke to Jessica. So one of the things I tell people is always to visualize, like, a white light going all around you. You know, you surround yourself with, you know, God's white light, and just visualize, like, cloud, and just, you know, putting that around you. The other thing you can do is visualize you're sitting in your house, you see your front door open, you go, and you close it shut. So what you're putting that intention out, because your mind, you know, thoughts are things, so you're putting that out to be you know, invisible world to the spiritual world, to the energetic world that, you know, you're shutting down, you're pulling back and you're blocking anything negative coming in. And those are two really good ways. It's all about the intention. You know, thoughts are things. That's the driving force of life in general. And you're putting that, um, you know, around you. And the other thing you can do, too, is if you find yourself a little tired after engaging with somebody, take a shower, you know. Take a shower or maybe get a little salts into your system because a lot of times on the physical level, you know, the salts in your system get a little out of balance too. Get some Gatorade, you know, you know things like that, you know, if you feel really sluggish. And that's usually because you've been around a lot of muckety-muck. Like people that are physical therapists, chiropractors, massage therapists, they're so into that because they're picking up the physical by touching and it's hitting into their, you know, zones that they can easily pick that energy up. And, and what about you? I mean, how do you cleanse from this stuff? Because I mentioned you don't only are you dealing with people who, um, you know, you're, you're looking into a part of themselves that no one else probably would because you're seeing them on an energetic, metaphysical level. But I imagine that you're probably also absorbing a lot of their mm-hmm. emotions because they're probably coming to you saying, listen, I, you know, I've lost this person. I'm devastated. So you probably – people are probably telling you more things that they normally wouldn't tell anyone. I imagine that you're probably um, the keeper of so many secrets. So how do you handle that kind of responsibility as well as the, um, you know, the, the mental and spiritual uh, you know, energies that are coming your way? Well, I take a step back and I try not to allow myself to get emotional about it. And the way I do it, it's like I look at it, it's a lesson. If you keep drinking hot coffee, eventually you're going to get tired of it. That's your choice. That's something that you need to do. As long as I don't see something really dangerous happening to somebody or something that, you know, I can help to stop them from doing. Um, but I don't get too rattled. I've, I've learned this over the years. You know, life is a game. Life is a challenge. So each person has their own challenges. Um, and I've also learned, you know, to just block the energy um, on the more ethereal level so that it doesn't affect me. Now, sometimes every now and again, it catches me off guard. I might be doing a phone reading with somebody and suddenly I'll get like a really bad, you know, lower back pain. And I'll say to them, you have lower back pain issues, don't you? And they'll say, oh, my God, my back's in terrible spasms. Or, you know, I might feel like I've done this. It happens. It's funny when I do murder cases. And that's happened uh, one time. I was going on location, going out to meet this uh person that had lost her brother she didn't know anything about it and as i'm driving out all of a sudden i started getting these heart um chest pains they were so bad three times i pulled over and i called her i said i'm really sorry i've had major heart pains your brother's in the car with me that was murdered and i said um and he's talking about your father he had had a heart attack or something and between the time we had set this up was maybe two weeks to me getting there her father had suffered a really bad heart attack so I was picking up the heart attack, even though the father was still alive, because the brother that had been killed was in the car with me. And I'm like, really? And I'm like, I don't need you to, you know, physically show me that dad had the heart attack, you know. So, and that day I didn't uh, take the time to, you know, throw myself white light before I even, you know, got on the road. Had I done that, um, that would have protected the physical sensation that I was feeling from, you know, this kid that had died. But, you know, so every now and again, you know, you forget. So in that case, what I did is I got out of the car 
you know, walked around a little bit, and then I was, you know, grounded enough to get back in. But it happens every now and again. But usually I'm pretty good about it. I've been doing it forever, so. Yeah, to Gary, it's, it's very sharp. I mean, I, we've been talking for a number of years, and I always remember that you give your inf- information. There's no beating around the bush. It kind of just like, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I like that about it, that there's no, there's no theatrical ability to it. Like some people are like, all right, you know, I'm going to make up more theatrical. Like, no, here it is. I think it's awesome. Cause, you know, we, we seek truth out. It's oh, like, yeah. you know, find the truth. Uh, what would be two of the hardest lessons that you had to learn in your life and your path of uh, evolution in this lifetime? Well, first I have to say one of the things um, – it was really awkward growing up as a teenager being a psychic, just letting you know that. So one of the things, you know, was learning how to control my psychic connections. In one instance, I, it was in uh, social studies classes, and the heartthrob of school, his father had just died, and I was kind of zoning out. You know, I was a smart, you know, pretty much a straight-A student, but um, the teacher had called on me, and out of the blue, I was kind of zoning. I had mentioned about this kid's father that was there. I'm like, oh, no, you know, and everybody looked at me. and like, oh, no, no, I'm not high on drugs today. Oh, no, 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 you know, because I would mentioned and blurted out about this father being there. So learning to control, like, on the psychic level. But then on the more um, life level, one of the things I've learned that you can't do for other people, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink it. So it's not my job or my responsibility, um, all it is for me to just dole out advice and then, you know, focus on my own life and then try to do good, you know, keep my intentions in a positive place. And even if somebody's being rotten to me, you know, try to take the high road. And sometimes it works and sometimes, you know, I have a little Viking temper, you know, that gets, you know, have to teach them that way. <laughs> Viking Irish, you know, a little half oh, bake going on, you know, and, you know, it is what it is. I give you credit. You seem like you have patience. I have, I have zero patience at all. Zero. I, I can't even. I can't even wait in line for five seconds. No. Oh well, it drives me crazy too. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have as great of a patience, but you know, I just as time goes on, you begin to say, well, maybe I'll just. But there are times I don't. You know. But it's like picking and choosing, and then sometimes you know you, you can teach people too. You know, sometimes people. You don't always have to be airy-fairy nice about stuff. You can be polite the first time, you know, like especially if you're negotiating or whatever the situation, because I worked in sales for a long time, um, B2B and negotiating before I went into my practice 15 years ago. But, um, you know, sometimes you play a little hardball. And I personally think there's always a lesson, any which way you look at it. Okay. Awesome. You know. Karen, we have time for a few more questions, but one of the questions I want to ask is if you are tr- – have an intention to manifest something in your life, you have an intention of trying to accomplish something, do you think it might be beneficial to utilize words that are not common to, like say for example, uh, you, if you look up a thesaurus and you use a word that is considered like you know, very complex, and the reason why I'm bringing this to your attention is saying if you're using words that the average person isn't using, are you kind of giving yourself a competitive advantage by speaking a language that, you know, may be more inclined to manifest because the average person isn't utilizing the words? There's not so much energy repeated behind those words. I'll give you an example of this. A person says, I want to achieve and have a lot of wealth. And then you have all these other people saying, I want a lot of wealth. But then you have some individuals, a small number of people, are saying, I want an abundance of wealth. So 
by utilizing different words and choosing different words that the average person probably isn't utilizing, does that make you stand out? Does that bring you any closer or quicker to your goal? You always have the best questions. And I like the words that you use in those questions, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that words are, you know, thoughts are things, but I think what really makes the biggest difference, regardless of the word, it's the energy you put behind it. And if you find that using certain words like abundance gives you more of a zing, you know, gets you more excited, you feel more empowered, you feel more excited about it. Um, Those would be the words you'd want to use. And yes, it would help to facilitate a faster manifestation. Because if you're choosing words that get you excited, that excitement is positive, it's going to start that ball rolling. So I think it's the energy behind the words that you choose, just like colors, like certain colors will excite you more than other colors. You know, or certain shapes. Like I remember as a kid, I was probably two at the time, you know, when you start to learn numbers and alphabets and all those, you know, my mom would say, you know, Monday. And in my mind, even to this day, when I think of the word Monday, I have a certain shape and a certain color in my mind. But I'm also very artistically gifted. So I'm a very visual person. I'm also very good in science, too, and that's the left brain. But it's all about what excites you, the emotional feeling you get that you attach to the word or to however you're going to express whatever it is. Um, has more of, a, of an impact than necess- not necessarily the word itself. And being so sensitive, I'm curious, have you ever watched a film or read a book where you actually pick up on the energy for which a mm-hmm. character was created and feel, you know, actually feel the pain and suffering of the person who created that particular character? Because I'm wondering if, if the sensitivity... Yes. Okay. And especially if it's off of a real-life... Um, you know, a biography or if it's uh, something that, you know, a movie made in the real life of so-and-so. Yeah, because what happens is that energy is connecting to that person. And even if, say, you have a make-believe show or, you know, whatever, um, and there's somebody that has those traits, you could pick that energy up. Because, I mean, movies do reflect that. But if you have a biography, which is even a more intense type of situation, it's very easy to pick that up. And you can kind of – it's like when I do – murder cases, you know, you go into the mind of the killer. I mean, I'll never forget Scott Peterson, you know, when he first came out. It was really oh, did, weird. He, did he do it? Oh, yeah. You know, like when he first came out, I said, I'm going to meditate on this. And, and then he was crying all, you know, my poor wife and all that, you know, those crocodile tears. And, you know, he's trying, we got to find her. And I remember going into a meditation, feeling his feelings, thinking what he was thinking. And then I became lacy. And I remember going into the water and I could feel the water. It was the most incredible experience. Going on my face, I could feel like it bouncing on my face as I was going under. I'm like, oh, that, you know, that idiot, he put her into the water. You know, first he killed her and then he put her into the water. The good news is I didn't see a lot of suffering with her because at that point I could feel she must have been unconscious or into that slip mode because I didn't feel pain and yet I could feel the water on my face. I, I felt what she felt. Um you know, so it's, it's just a kind of interesting connection. You know, energy is all connected. It's all interrelated. and But it's, it's just an interesting experience. You know, the mind of the killer, you know, whatever. Okay, it's so good when I was a kid, though, because I knew what my mother would be up to if I skipped school. She won't figure this one out, you know. <laughs> you know <what? laughs> She's also psychic, too. <laughs> yeah, with this whole other thing. That was pretty wild. It was pretty interesting. Like, you know, she – why even call you? You know, can tell that to me. All right, I'm going to ask you a question because I'm sure, sure other people will want to know. I mean, let's just for the record, OJ definitely did it, right? He he definitely worked. Oh, he did it. Okay. All right. Yeah, he totally did it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. know, I know that there's 
you know, Mount Everest of evidence with the exception of him being on camera doing it. But, you know, he wrote the book, If I Did It, but I'm like, I'm just, you know, just to verify. Yeah. Talk about Freudian slips, you know. I mean, and the worst part <laughs> of that, talk about a wasted life. You know, how could you not like O.J.? And listen, I'm from Buffalo. I think he paid, didn't he play for the Bills or something? I think he did. But he was a good-looking guy. And I'm like, and I used to be funny on those movies back in the day or whatever, but what a shame. Bad path, you know, path. And but he's got to talk to his own maker about it. You know, he's got to live with his conscience. Well, if he even has one. But it's 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 so sad, you know. But yes, he did do it. Well, I can't end. Th- we can't end things off on a sad note. We have to end things on a positive note. The positive yeah. way I want to end things, Miss Karen Reese, is this: What is the best affirmation that you say on a regular basis that gives you the most uh, self empowering that you you recommend people say on a regular basis? I would say I deserve nothing but the best in both my personal and my professional um, world, and I also deserve to give out my best um, personal and professional me. That is fantastic. So that you're, yep, like you're accepting gifts and you're giving gifts out. And you're giving yourself permission to take it. That's where people script too. They don't always, they say they want it, but deep down they don't feel they deserve it. So it's sometimes subconscious. But if you say you deserve it, doggone it, you're going to have it. Excellent. Miss Karen Reese, Psychic Medium. I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Miss Karen Reese is being on TLC, Discovery Channel, Lifetime Channel, Biography, A&E, CW11. She's done a ton of great shows, great interviews. She also has her own TV show. She's been a beloved part of our program for that, since we've been starting, since we started our program. You know more about Miss Reese by going to her website at Karen Reese, and that's K-A-R-Y-N. Reese, dot com, KarenReese.com. Meet her, check her out, get a reading with her. Highly recommend it. Miss Reese, always an honor to have you with us. Oh, thank you so much. God bless you. Okay, everyone. That concludes today's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our beloved guest, Miss Karen Reese. And special thanks to our unbelievable Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show Virtues, Psychic Medium Carrie O'Connor, Psychic Empath Lisa Kaza, and the Astro Phenom, Astrologer Ms. Constance Stellis. To learn more about the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. Until the next time we meet, my friends, wishing upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. You know, if you've been following my advice at the end, all these shows, chances are your blood type is probably Jack Daniels by now. Well, anyway, (laughs) thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you back here soon.